Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Some of you this morning, because of a tragedy, you can't live life. You're living in the past. Let God heal you this morning. Jacob says, I'll go to my grave mourning my son for the next 22 years. Miserable. So how do I do it? Here it is. Quickly. Forgive the person or the accident or the car or the drunk person or whatever it was. Leaving the screen door open. The kid falls in the... I don't know what it was. Forgive it. We all have a past, some more eventful than others. But if you take the time to look back, you'll see all that God has spared you from. You'll see the old you, the old man. You see the life you used to live, the things you took part in. But now as a Christ follower, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. No longer are we to live as we did in the past. No longer are we to dwell on what was. All we're to do is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We're to humbly walk as he leads. We're to submit to him and his work of grace in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. I'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, with the conclusion of our message entitled, Real Hurts. You see, all of us bring these tendencies. Some of you were raised this morning and your mother had breast cancer or whatever, and then the family, another one's colon cancer, another one heart disease. and this, Those things are inherited in us. They're just genes that are inherited. We have some spiritual things that are inherited in us. Joseph, man, deceiver, 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 rape, murder. That's in his family line. So you don't want to start naming them. It, it all goes back to one thing, sin. Well, if, if there's one real generational curse, is there one cure for that stronghold? Yes, there is. Here it is. The only real, it's coming up in a minute, the only real cure will be one thing. One thing. It comes from Jesus Christ. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus said, I came into the world to rid you of the power of sin in your life. Past, present, in future. So the only cure for this curse or this stronghold is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's our salvation. It's our forgiveness. There's an old adage that says this, whichever way the twig is bent, so grows the tree. What does that mean? Well, it just means if I'm in a home and my grandfather and father are both alcoholics, then I'm going to have this tendency to be an alcoholic. That's probably true. But everybody forgets one thing. Here's the verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So what does that mean to us this morning? Here's what it means. When I come to Christ and God comes into my life, he wipes out all this jazz, if I'll allow him. 
I still have the old sin nature in me. If I have a tendency to some kind of addiction or maybe you're raised at home and your dad or mom were angry all the time or maybe you had, I know many of you here even have a, a, a mom that was married five times or eight times or whatever. For instance, Greg Laurie, one of the great evangelists in the Calvary Chapel movement, he had like five dads. His mother was always sleeping with somebody new. Well, here's Greg Laurie. An incredible man of God. Not perfect, but incredible. Doesn't have any of those tendencies. Doesn't allow any of that stuff to come into his marriage. Why? And I don't mean to argue about this, and you can use whatever term you want. If you want to cast out a generational curse, then cast it out. That's all right. But I simply need this. There is really no need to cast out a generational curse. Rather, choose to live a life of obedience to God and God's power. You see, it's all a matter of choice. And since I have God in me, I can choose, because of his power, to follow him. And you might be here this morning, in all your life, you believed that you need to cast out this generational stuff, and you have to have deliverance, and there's demons running around and whatever. I don't believe that at all, not as a Christian. All you have to say to God, and here's what I'll ask you to do during our service this morning, because many of you are going to be set free. You say, well, that's too easy. No, it isn't too easy. You can't do it. But God can do it like that. You just say to God, let me just be kind to you in a nice way. There's no more excuses. Well, I'm like this because my great-grandfather, he's angry, no, he didn't, my dad cheated. No more excuses. Stop it now in the name of Jesus. Get free this morning in the name of Jesus. You're miserable. You see, we have to take responsibility for who I am right here. I can't change you. Take responsibility as an adult this morning. Quit brain. Man, i got to go back and mess with my... If you know my great-grandfather back in here, let me see if I can find him. I know he's in here somewhere. <laughs> my God. And don't laugh about it. Change. Well, I can't change. You choose to change. Or you choose to say the same. It's your choice. Well, it can't be that easy. It is that easy. Because it's God. He wants you to be real. Because when that bag is empty, life is much more pleasurable. What does Satan want to do? It's your choice. I don't think you have to name 143 things. Remember I talked about digging? Just say, God, some of the stuff that I've been doing and blaming my relatives... I ask you to take it today, and I'm going to be different. Thanks for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, when you get saved, when you went back and accepted Jesus Christ, and you confessed your sins, how many sins did you confess? Okay, did you start naming them? You'd be here till when? (laughs) Plus, if you're older, you have Alzheimer's, you could never even remember half of them. (laughs) But he saved you, didn't he? Do you understand what I'm trying to say this morning? Well, I want to bring you and my grandfather, my great-grandfather on the left side and then on the right side. And the left side. Forget it. Just be freed this morning in the name of Jesus. Turn to Genesis 37. Joseph was born, as you know, to Jacob. Joseph's a man of 17. He's the favored son. They're always handling sheep and taking care of sheep in the nation of Israel. And in verse 2, Jacob sends Joseph as a 17-year-old boy out to... Well, just to watch on his other brothers. 
And you see at the end of verse 2, he brought back the father a bad report about them. So here's a 17-year-old that probably doesn't use too much wisdom because he's kind of a tattletale. And then we see this dysfunctional family coming to life in these verses. Look at verse 3. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than the other sons because he had been more named in old age and made a richly ornamented robe for him. By the way, parents, if you're here this morning and you consciously pay a special attention to one over another or this one and that, stop it. That's destructive. God gave you all of your children. Well, I like the one that's kind of like me. No, I like the one that isn't like you to bring balance into your life. Some of you raised in a home where you were the black sheep. Give it to God this morning. God loves you. Because of this, notice verse 4. When the brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now it gets worth, and I'll just paraphrase this for you really quickly. In these next few verses, watch me. Joseph, as a young man, God gives him two dreams at 17. Gives him two dreams. The dreams won't happen for 22 years. Joseph doesn't know when they're going to happen. He probably shouldn't have shared the dreams because both of the dreams say this. The first dream is that his other 11 brothers, one day they're going to bow down to Joseph. Now, he's a young guy and they already hate his guts. That isn't like the, hey guys, you know what? God told me one day you're going to bow down to me. That's not exactly wisdom. <laughs> the second dream, and not only would the brothers bow down, but mom and dad would bow down. In this patriarchal society, you can imagine, and dad kind of says, will we bow down to you? So either because Joseph's naive or whatever, we don't really just use his bad judgment. He shares both of these dreams. By the way, God gives us dreams. Some of you this morning don't believe God can give you a dream. God could give you a dream. He wants to give you a dream. He wants you to be positive about life. He wants you to see life. He wants you to know that good things are coming your way. It's going to include hurts, but good things overall are coming. He wants you to know that. Dream dreams. He said, well, Pastor Mike, I've dreamed dreams, but they've been crushed. Well, they just dream another one. <laughs> Say, God, I want to be used the best way you know how. God will do it. Joseph has these. Because of this, there's jealousy. There's more hatred. Things aren't good. All of a sudden, if you look down to verse 17, the boys have gone out with the sheep again. Dad says to Joseph, go find him. He finds him in this area called Dothan. Notice in verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Verse 18, but they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that ferocious animals have devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dream. Now when Reuben, one of the other brothers, heard this, he tried to rescue him from before their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. God is in control behind the scenes. God is in control behind the scenes. God is in control behind the scenes. Joseph has a dream. He's just walking up. Here's his brothers. He has no idea what they're talking about him. As he's approaching them, they're, they're going, let's kill the guy. Let's get rid of him. Joseph doesn't know. Does God know? Sure, he puts Reuben in there. He puts Reuben, one of the, one of the other sons, and he says to Reuben, you better save Joseph. So Reuben makes a suggestion. Let's save Joseph. Let me remind you this morning. You can be very positive about your life because God's in total control. Some of you are so filled with fear that you can't ever enjoy life. What if the business does that? What if I get this? 
What's going to happen if I have this sign out of my leg? You ladies, and you do your monthly present. Oh, my God. What, if one month, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to our kids? What's going to do this? And every part of your life is filled with fear. You'll never enjoy life. God gave Joseph a dream. The dream won't happen for 22 years. God's going to take care of Joseph until the dream comes. It doesn't matter what the brothers plot. And by the way, this morning, God's going to take care of you until he's done with you. And if you're a Christian, when he's done with you, the next breath in heaven, hallelujah. I hope you have a big funeral for me, but I'm out of here. <laughs> I won't be at it. Until then, quit fearing this morning. Get victory over that. It's not from God. So through this series of circumstances, we'll look down. They, they put Joseph in this pit. And they take his robe from him, and they sit down to eat a meal. Look down in verse 25, and all of a sudden they see this caravan coming of Ishmaelites. They're on their way with camels and all kinds of spices and balm and myrrh, and they're, and they're going to take this group down to Egypt. So the brothers say, in verse 26, Judah, here's another one that saves them. Well, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. And the brothers agreed. So when the Midianites merchants came, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now when Reuben, evidently he was away when this took place, returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in the blood. And they took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, what did they say? Take a look. What did they say? Well, here's a wild animal that, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but look at this coat. Wild animal got Joseph. We found him. We didn't even know when it happened. Here's his coat. Obviously, that's what happened. Now, let me stop for a moment. Grandfather was a deceiver. Jacob was a deceiver. Now, 11 of the sons are into what? Deception. Well, Pastor Mark, there's that generational curse. Can't be broken. Really? One son is not Joseph. Why? He chose to be different. No more excuses this morning. You ever look at the generation and the tree, the family tree of Jesus? Prostitutes of Jesus. Yeah. So all of a sudden... He says, I recognize it. It's my son's robe. Some ferocious animals devoured him, and Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Verse 34, then Jacob tore his clothes. He put on a sackcloth, and he mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he, circle the word for me, he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in the morning, in morning, in morning, I will go down to the grave to my son, so the father wept. Here's a statement you want to write. Mourning for a season is healthy, but mourning for a lifetime is bondage. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes we should mourn. There is a time for mourning, but then there's a time for happiness and getting over it. Every single one of us in this building have lost loved ones. And I want you to understand what I'm saying by that statement. That is not a hard statement. That is not a cruel statement. That's not an insensitive statement. And I'm going to share something with you that I've never shared before ever in my whole life. One of the things that happens in our lives is you look at me and go, well, this guy's not been through any hurts. 
It's nice for him to tell me that. But what about the child that I lost? Or the son that I lost? Or the husband or wife that I lost? Or the mom or dad? And the disaster? What about that? Go through that, Balmer, and see how you do with this. My dad entered the ministry at 18. He preached into his 70s. My mom, both of them, they met at Bible college. My mom and dad were always active in the ministry. My mom's father was a pastor. In those days, a wife and a husband that were in the ministry, you went everywhere together. You're just always together. When I was in college one year, something happened to our home. My mom was 45. She contacted breast cancer. We prayed. We had people in to pray. We believed. One day after my dad died, I found his record of notable events. I wonder now why I keep journals. I know. I want you to read this because I discovered it many years later. December 7th, 1963. My mother's name was Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, because she was born on the day before Christmas. December 7th, 1963. I took my little Mary to Wyandotte Hospital. Three days later, December 10th, my little Mary died. Saddest day of my life. It's my dad's journal. December 13th, 1963. Buried my wife, Mary. Oh, God, why? Question mark. Question mark. For the next few months, I would wake up at night and I'd hear my dad down in the basement. And he would be, he went all the way down the basement, got up out of the bedroom, went down the basement, and he'd be weeping. You know, when you hear your parents weep, it's pretty tough. And I'd hear him saying quietly to God, God, why? You took my only support, my wife. I've tried to serve you. Why? A few months later, he began to work through it. He was back in the pulpit. I know what it is to have hurts. Let me read you some more. Three years later, November 12th, my dad writes, perform marriage of my son, Mark Balmer and Linda Kinvert. You see, life goes it goes on. Now, does it mean when I see my mom or whatever that there isn't a tear or there isn't a... For sure! But life goes on! For me, I've never been back to my mom or my dad's grave. You might be different, that's fine. Why? I remember my wife. And then I won't tell you, but just a couple years later, <laughs> dad and I, before this time, well, we double dated. And I have to look in my mirror and say, Dad, cut it out there in the back seat. This is incredible. A couple years later, my dad remarried. Does that mean he, he forgot his first wife? No. He can't ever forget. But life goes on. Some of you this morning, because of a tragedy, you can't live life. You're living in the past. Let God heal you this morning. Jacob says, I'll go to my grave mourning my son for the next 22 years. Miserable. So how do I do it? Here it is. Quickly. Forgive the person or the accident or the car or the drunk person or whatever it was. Leaving the screen door open. The kid falls in the I don't know what it was. Forgive it. And then forgive God. Now, I put forgive God because... Some of you are angry at God. God didn't do that. God didn't take my mom. 
The sin world took my mom. So forgive him and get on with your life. Back in verse 36, Joseph arrives in Egypt at 17. Can you imagine? All the things that have been on his tape. Are there much on his tape? He gets there at 17. And you might think, well, Joseph is a perfect person. He never had any. He had these hurts, but he, he just was powerful and he overcame them and he never had any negative thoughts. No, in Genesis chapter 42, don't turn there this morning. He says this. Later, his brother says this. Surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was and how he pleaded for us when he was in the pit for his life. That was all here. Joseph was rejected, hurting big time. Well, how will he get over it? How will he handle those past hurts? And all this is just the beginning. We just started. Wait till you see the other things that are going to come into his life. How will he handle them? Here's the keys you want to write this morning. Look at Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Look at chapter 39, verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph in Egypt, 17, rejected. God was with him. Second thing you want to underscore, and he prospered. Pastor Mike, I got so much stuff on my tape, there's no way I can prosper. Yes, you can. So here's how to be set free from a hurtful past. Just a couple things and we're through. Number one, stay in relationship with God. Stay in relationship with God. No, the only way Joseph is going to handle it was because God, he was in a godless nation, but God was with him. If you're not a Christian this morning, there's no way for you to handle life. You can't. Because in your own strength, you can't play mind over matter. You can't get real peace. It only comes from God. Let me. You won't be able to write these down. You can catch them later. I'll go through them. You can get the DVD or whatever. Here we are. Number one. Realize that God lives in you this morning. If you're a Christian, God lives in me. Number two, realize that God is for you. Joseph could have said, God, thanks a lot. 17, tried to be right, tried to do the right things. Here I am a slave in Egypt. Why are you against me? God wasn't against him. Number three, remember God will never leave you. He's miles and miles away. Where is he? God's with him. So you have to repeat in your mind, because Satan is saying to some of you this morning already, well, your background is too strong, God doesn't like you, he's against you, and you're the only one that... No, that's a lie. So Joseph has to repeat, he doesn't even know this principle, because it comes from the New Testament, but he knows the principle. God is working all things for good. God hasn't left him, God is for him, and he's going to work all that's it, and he's going to work it out in your life this morning too. And last, there has to be some joy. You see, Joseph becomes very prosperous. He becomes very successful. He rises to the second most powerful person in a nation that's totally pagan. That's God. He's got to smile. He's got to rejoice. So you and I, you have to think about this. How did this process work? How did it work? Here's the next thing to write down this morning. God showed Joseph how to forget. That's what we'll deal with. Remember, Joseph named his son, and he said that it is because God has made me forget. God has made me forget. And here's a big key that I leave you with. We cannot forget without first forgiving. In today's lesson, we learned what it takes to be set free from a hurtful past. Pastor Mark shared with us that first and foremost, we must remain in a relationship with God. 
Secondly, we need to realize that God lives in us. Thirdly, we need to remember that He has promised to never leave or forsake us. And finally, we can rejoice in knowing that there is hope for our future. Again, thanks for joining us for this edition of Lessons for Living. It's our prayer that today's message from Pastor Mark was a blessing to you. There's so much going on at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We want to be sure that you stay up to date. Become a Facebook friend with us at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. We've provided a link on the homepage. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at CalvaryCCM. Again, to become a Facebook friend or follow us on Twitter, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn what it means to forgive. Pastor Mark will share with us that life is painful for everyone. Both believers and non-believers alike, we experience pain. But it's how we deal with that pain that matters. Do we dwell on it? Do we allow it to fester? Do we entertain sinful thoughts that lead to more bitterness and anger? As believers, we can't operate like that. We need to be people who forgive. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 